This is Money Line on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Money on my mind. Money to your pocket. It's a tight weekend as far as these spreads. So you have to ride, find other bets, other angles. I start with Christian McCaffrey touchdown. He scored a touchdown in eight straight games, the longest streak by any player, and the longest streak by any 49ers since Terrell Owens. Big T.O. gets the popcorn ready because I think that McCaffrey gets in the end zone again, and the number hasn't caught up to him. Another one, Brock Purdy under passing yards. I do believe that it's going to be a McCaffrey game. That's what led me to the uh, touchdown prop. But I also believe that Brock Purdy is going to be in predicaments where he doesn't have to throw the ball so much. He's only had over 30 passing attempts in one game this little win streak. So it's not like he's out there throwing the ball down the field and that's the way they win. Under 215 and a half passing yards is the bet for Buck Purdy. The passing yard prop is 16 and 3 in the Eagles' last 19 games dating back to last season. The Eagles are the number one defense in DVOA against the pass. They don't allow teams to throw for that much passing yards. This includes the under and nine of the last 11 games of San Francisco's opponents. So not only do the Eagles' defense stop the pass, San Francisco doesn't exceed the 215 number either. Go the under 215 on Purdy. Over some Isaac P. Ryan in the second game. Receptions over two and a half. I gave you that last weekend. Why? Because Joe Mixon is only playing in about 65% of the snaps the last seven weeks. Yeah, a little bit of injury, but it's also the game script. And it's also the offensive line injury. So what happens when you have offensive line injuries? You have to get rid of the ball quick. And if you have to get rid of the ball quick, you have to hit the running back in the flat. So my JP right over two and a half receptions. And the last bet here I have is the under San Francisco, Philadelphia. Why? It, it's moving that way, one. So I know big money's hitting it. Two. Two teams that average over 130 yards rushing per game. Historically, we're talking over the last 30 years, in the playoffs, when you get two teams that average over 125, and these teams are over 130, went over 125, the key number, rush yards, and they play each other, the under is historically 62%. That's 30-year sample, 62%. I think that the uh, turnovers... We'll try to be, they'll, they'll try to be limited, especially early. So if you want early under 23 in the first half, that's a great bet as well. But I ultimately think that this game is going to be a back and forth slow. Let's play field position. Let's not give up any big uh, turnovers, field position type of game. I like the under 45. If you want to wait, maybe the Eagles come out hot. Hit the under after the Eagles score. I'm going to be in game in that. And that's all I have. What do you got, Josh? Man, we'll do a, a little bit of DraftKings today. Uh, like he talked about, uh, at least I like Joe Burrow this week. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks to stack. I like stacking him, obviously, with Jamar Chase. I, I think the Bengals, and they may be kind of a lot of people doing this this week. It might be popular, but it's popular for a reason. Uh, that's why I like the Bengals in the stack here. I also like Joe Mixon. And I think Jarek McKinnon could be somebody that can be kind of cheap for you at running back. 
you know, maybe if you did go with McCaffrey at one running back and then you went with McKinnon at the other, or if you wanted to go with Mixon McKinnon, I like that as well, guys. Dallas Goddard, a lot of people were playing him this week because he's affordable. Man, the Niners are tough against tight ends, so be careful with that. I think Kadarius Toney is a good, good, inexpensive buy on DraftKings, so take a look at him at $3,700. He's He could definitely be a nice option for the Chiefs today. He's been kind of their explosive playmaker, and that's one of the other reasons I like Jarek McKinnon is, you know, if Mahomes is hobbled on that ankle a little bit, maybe he throws a few more checkdowns. I think McKinnon is the guy that catches those passes. And cheap cheap on defense, Jerry. That's what we've been doing, remember, the past two weeks. Whoever the cheapest defense is, we did it a couple weeks ago with Miami. That ended up being the best defense of the week. I mean, they were incredible against Josh Allen, and they were the cheapest. We've been rolling the Bengals out the last two weeks, and uh, they've been okay. So I'm, I'm going to take my shot on the Bengals. Even if they don't come through for me, that's okay. I'm going to take the rest of the money I save, and I'm going to dump it into stub, some studs in the rest of my, uh, my roster there. And to add into the McKinnon, which many might not be on that, since week 10, most total touchdowns in the NFL, Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, 10. Nine for one Kittle. Nine for McKinnon and nine for Jamal Williams. And that's since week 10. These are guys that are getting in the end zone. I gave you the number earlier on McCaffrey. I know it's not, that's not some kind of science uh, or, or mathematical equation I came up with. It's it's the obvious. I'm paying the obvious because I think that they're going to have to lean on the run. And obviously, McCaffrey gets in the end zone. That's what he's been doing. One thing I wanted to ask you, though, here, we're going to talk about now the uh, Chiefs matchup versus the Bengals. You uh, you mentioned the backfield with McKinnon. Is this a? Are you on the Pacheco train, or is this a a fader because it's going to be a tough matchup and it's it's other guys that get in the end zone. It's not so much him. Yeah, I, to me, I think McKinnon is the more sneaky play. Uh, I'm going to stay away from Pacheco. I just that's for me. I you know it's DraftKings PPR. I want those catches. I think this is a game where McKinnon could really get going. And you pointed out, man, he's been really good. He gets in the end zone. So I'm going to take my chances with the guy that's more likely to catch passes, not the guys that are they're just going to run the ball. Kelsey, whenever I saw him on the uh, injury report, I, thought, I mean, obviously I didn't think there was any way of, of him missing, but it was still a little strange to see him up there. Is he all systems go no matter what, though? Is he 100% of lineups knowing that, Cincinnati yields the eighth most tight end catches, ninth most yards tight ends, and they you've seen Dawson Knox go off. You've seen Andrews. You've seen guys get their numbers against them. Is that the way you attack them today in a in a game that Mahomes is going to be looking for someone he trusts and sometimes having to get the ball out early? Is that the the way to attack this with Kelsey? I think so. I mean, obviously backs back spasms are a concern, man. That but and it's it's going to be cold. All that stuff, but you pointed it out, man. Kelsey is that's his go to guy. That is, you know, that's his TO. That's that's his Randy Moss, even though he plays tight end. Patrick Mahomes doesn't care. And even though Kelsey's big, he can move like a smaller guy. So I think the only thing you worry about there is the big price tag, obviously, for Kelsey. And you worry a little bit about the injuries, but you know, Kittle is also expensive. I don't think it's a great matchup for him against the Eagles. And then Goddard. That's not a great matchup for him against the 49ers. So if, if you want to spin big on tight end and grab Kelsey, I don't have a problem with it. Maybe your only challenge is, is if you wanted to try and get McCaffrey and Kelsey on the same team, you might have to get creative at your other positions. 
if it's not Kelsey and we think that the that the Chiefs will be moving the ball and will be throwing the ball, is it your favorite wide receiver tight end, Juju Smith-Schuster, who scored once since week seven and has cleared 40 yards twice over the last nine games? Or is it? No. <laughs> or, no. Okay. But how about door two? Justin Watson, consistently playing over the half offensive snaps, but he's only caught more than one ball since week 12 one time, one week. Is that door number two? Or is it I'm, go ahead. Door, door number three? Marquez Valdez-Scanley, MBS, as the kids like to call him, hasn't cleared 30 yards since week 13. Is it that guy? No. <laughs> how about how about this guy, Kadarius Tony? Yay! Underwhelming, playing under 30% of the snaps over the last month, only on one-third of the plays. But he drew a year-high seven targets in that win against Jacksonville. Is that the door you're opening? It is, Jerry, because even though the, the snaps are limited, the targets aren't. So they are trying to get him the football. When he is on the field, he is getting targeted, as you were just pointing out. This is an explosive, big play guy. Give me the guy with the upside. You know, we know what Juju is. And, you know, MVS is so hit or miss. I, give me Tony. They traded for him for a reason. So I like him this week, and I like McKinnon. Of course, I like Kelsey every week. Now, when we talk about matchups, I like. I know people like to say historic trends. These trends are, you know, sixteen and three over the last nineteen games. And then you ask yourself, was that even the same coach? Like, was that was that even the same quarterback? Like, how do those numbers play into what's going on today? So I like to look at going in a little deeper, and you have to take more time, and it takes a lot more patience because then you start looking at defensive coordinator versus quarterback. There you can find something. So then I found this, Patrick Mahomes versus the Bengals, D.C., Lou Anarumo, right? Six and two touchdown to interception ratio, 18 yards rushing per game, 7.5 yards per attempt. Just kind of pedestrian for someone like Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow against Steve Spagnuolo's defense, 3-0. and 78 out of 108 passes for 72% uh, completion rate. 982 pass yards in those three games for 9.1 yards for attempt. And 8-1 to one touchdown interception ratio. So Spagnuolo's, uh, what they say, pressure, that he likes to bring those, those pressure, right? He likes to blitz and tries to hit the gaps. It doesn't work against Burrow because... He's getting rid of the ball, not turning it over, eight touchdowns, and averaging 27 rush yards. Do you make anything of these matchups? Like, man, it might make you feel better about your Bengals bet. It does a little bit, but I'm not going to ignore these O-line injuries either. I mean, you've got Matt Sharping, former Houston Texans guard, out there starting for the Bengals here. And... There was no Von Miller for the Bills. You know what I mean? But Frank Clark and Chris Jones, like, those guys, they're a real deal. And I, I'm, a, I'm a little worried that, that they're going to put some heat on Burrow today. So if, if there's, in, only, there's any trepidation in my Bengals bet, I'm a little worried about Frank Clark and, and Chris Jones getting some just nasty pressure on Joe Burrow. Break out the Max Sharpie jerseys. The guy that this week went and started looking for his D'Amico. He started going through the old stuff, saying, man, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to wear my D'Amico out again. Or somewhere along the line, then you ran across that sharpie, and you thought, what the hell was I thinking? How many 
What's the over-under right now if my bookie had to set a line on on Max Sharping jerseys sold? Under 150? 20 0.5 <laughs> because I returned mine <laughs> with the tax still on because I knew. Now let, let me not let me not let me not dog on the guys. All right. Just to put a bow on the uh just before we hit break, just to put a bow on the uh offensive line of the Bengals that look like they look like world beaters out of nowhere last week. Everyone was start throwing that into the handicap, but also I throw this, the Bills, and that offense or that that uh, defense struggled with the wet field. You remember the conditions, and it was snowy. So many are saying that if you think about weather, when you handicap weather games, you think about the defensive player having to launch off the foot, right, having to get their tracking, and maybe they never got their feet under them, allowing the Cincinnati Bengals just enough time to pass protect and burrow to get rid of the ball. I don't know. I'm just here to give you the stats. Josh is here to entertain you. We're trying to fill your pockets. It's a football Sunday. We're in the zone. Don't go anywhere because it's Money Line on ESPN 97.5. to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. If you're waiting to bet the Chiefs, what are you doing? At this point, you weren't going to get a better number unless they said Mahomes' leg fell off when he woke up. Unless they said Jackson Mahomes was playing quarterback. Well, short money has hit the market. The raised limits. Nowadays, this is what you got to pay attention to, guys. Because nowadays that everyone's starting to talk about gambling and everyone just, well, guys, you didn't even know gambling. All of a sudden, they're starting to give you, well, this is the amount of tickets and this is the percent of the money. Well, yeah, that was, that was, I guess, considered expert gambling stuff maybe five, eight years ago because that's all we had. But as time transpires and you have more tools, these Wizards and gambling figured out a way to make programs that tell you the exact time the line moves and when the limits are raised at a book. And that's what the point of this discussion is here, because if the line opens on a Sunday night, the books aren't going to take $300,000 bet that day because that'll skew their numbers. What if somebody comes in there and hammers the Chiefs or the Bengals when they were still two and a half, three points, and all of a sudden you have three big bets, three six-figure wagers on the Chiefs or on the Bengals. Then you're needing people to come in on the Chiefs. So they don't do it like that. What do they do? They open a smaller limit. So then they can get a, a gist, right? They can get a measure of where the market's going to go. So they open it up. All of a sudden, what happened specifically, let's say this Bengals line, right? They open it up. Bengals, three. Pros bought it. They hit the limit. I think it was 25000 30000 when it opened at circa uh, overnight on Sunday. So then books hit it three, three or at 30000 They were hitting the three, three, three. Books said, okay, that number's wrong. Let's move it to two and a half Chiefs. Let's see what happens there. Bengals actually cheat. Uh, Bengals, 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 Bengals. Let's go to two. Let's go to one and a half. Let's go to one. Let's pause it there before before we go ahead and do something that's never happened in the conference round is is when a book sets a favorite or an underdog and he turns favorite. So for the line to completely jump for the Bengals to be favorite, you had to have something crazy happen for something like that to even occur, right? So 
what? Well, yeah, we started getting news that Mahomes, and then you started hearing a lot of professional ex-quarterbacks saying, yeah, man, I don't know how the hell he's going to do it. And that was Monday, before you saw anything that was going to happen in practice. Before you knew it, the Bengals were making history. They went from an underdog to a favorite on the road, something that never has happened in this round of the playoffs. Again, stay with me, because this is expert handicapping. So then you sit there and you wait. What happens Tuesday? Before practice, somebody let out word that he was going to be full participant, he being one Patrick Mahomes. So then what happened? You look at the line, it went back to Bengals minus two. It was at two and a half. Bengals minus two and a half. A big, big right angle sports. I'll even give you who it is. A big, big touting service that moves lines. When they say something, the line moves within 30 to 45 seconds everywhere in the world. Well, they came out and dropped the hammer on the Chiefs plus two and a half before that practice. Right then and there, you knew Mahomes is about to come out there and practice. I already knew Mahomes right away. You go look at social media about, what, 45 minutes an hour? All of a sudden, those guys are saying, yeah, he's looking good out here. You see the video. Then it went back to one. Now, someone just texted me right now and said, what's going on with the line? Confirmation. Something must have happened this morning. Raised limits to 300,000 as of an hour ago. All the books said, let's let it ride. Let's see what happens. You can you can bet 300,000. When they did that, six bets came in. Six figures on the Chiefs. Six bets. All six figures and over on the Chiefs. Make what you want for it, but I'm just here to tell that story. Ooh. That's interesting. Well, you gave a lot of your money on your mind plays, Jerry. Uh, where are you leaning with this one? Are those big bets on the Chiefs making you feel a certain kind of way that they feel that confident? Or is it one of those things where all the money's going this way, so you go the other way? It's scary to me, man, because – all right, let me ask you a question. If Mahomes doesn't have that injury, what do you think – if they opened up Chiefs minus two and a half, even with the injury, if Mahomes was 100% – what would you think that spread would be? Over three, over three and a half? Uh, I think it'd be right around a field goal. I mean, just be, because of the history the Burroughs had and success against them, but the game is in Kansas City. So, yeah, three or four points, I would say the Chiefs would be favored. And that's, that's, the, that's the point right there. That's the point to sit on. Because if you make an educated gamble, if you throw everything that you've learned and seen with your own eyes and felt whenever you gamble on these games, and specifically those three games where you saw Burrow versus Mahomes. The only quarterback, there's only two quarterbacks that have done that against Mahomes that are undefeated. Okay, get past that. Burrow in his career, this is where the numbers. 16-1 and against the spread against non-divisional opponents. 15-2 and straight up as an underdog. This man gets you paid 70% of the time. The last 25 games, period. If you just blindly bet on Joe Burrow, just blindly, it don't matter who the hell he's playing, I don't care who's injured, 20-5 and five over the last 25 games. Just think about that. We bust our brains all week long talking about this team to do this and, and trying to get this half a point. If you just say, you know what, I'm betting on the Bengals as long as Burrow's out there, I'm going to bet on the Bengals. You're 20 and 5 against the spread. Then you say, well, where else can I find an angle for these Chiefs? It's hard because then you go, well, what if Burrow struggles on the road? Does that does that exist? Burrow on the road, 19 and 7 against the spread, better than his 13 and 9 at home. So you say, where in the heck 
can I find an angle? Is it because the cold? It burrow can't play in the cold, right? Wrong. 50 degrees or less, 13 and 3. He's won 12 straight games when the temperature's under 50 degrees. Last 20 years, best under 50 degree uh, a quarterback other than Brady. There's only one quarterback that plays in cold temperatures better than him. So when you ask yourself, where can I find an angle to find to, 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 to convince myself that the Chiefs can't possibly lose this game at home? And you know the golden rule. I noticed that you just broke the golden rule. Because we have a rule, right, that if Mahomes is under a field goal, we always take him. But I've broken rules this year with Brady myself. All right, so these rules are, are, are written in number two pencils on Scantrons, okay? Man, I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know which way to go. I give you all these numbers on Burrow. The only way that you can possibly bet on the Chiefs, and if you're listening out there, that's this has to be your reasoning, is Man, I just think that Mahomes is going to go out there and do his thing. I don't see Mahomes because if they couldn't beat him when they had Tyree Kill, right, and 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 a guy that can stretch the field, and now you have Mahomes having to play within the pocket, you would think. What happens if Cincinnati on a on a just a regular old play, Mahomes goes down? You see someone dirty like 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 Eli Apple come out and alligator roll. You know, you see this all the time. They go for the tackle, the, the tackle, low tackle. They wrap around the legs, and then right when the, the player goes down, they do a little alligator roll. Oof! Does Mahomes can Mahomes sustain something like that? You know, I thought about that exact thing, but I mean, they'll be watching for that. But I feel like people try and do that every week. They might try and do a little more this week, but that's always a possibility, man. I mean. That can absolutely happen, and you're right. I I found some of these Cincinnati Bengals stats, kind of the ones that that you were talking about. Bengals are seven and three outright, and eight and two against the spread on the road this season. Uh, Cincinnati AFC's best team against the spread at thirteen four and one. Uh, Cincinnati five and one against the spread, and five and one towards unders in the postseason the last two years. There's a lot of math that, that, that tells you that the Bengals are a good bet this week. Yeah, I mean, the numbers support it. That's why if, if anyone, anyone making the handicap or handicapping that game, what can possibly tell you other than, well, I just think Mahomes, it's hard to go against Mahomes at home. There's nothing other it, it, on paper, let's say, on paper that could tell you, yeah, this is a great bet. Everything tells you that Burrow is supposed to be that guy, especially if you went with, the, you know what, I'm going to be safe. I think these both games, I told you earlier, this is history, right, that this far into the playoffs in this round that the games are this close. Usually there's at least someone favored by minus 200. You have to go back 20 years before you've had this sample, okay? So if that's the case, why not make it a little simple on yourself and take both underdogs on a teaser? Now you can take the Bengals up to eight, lose outside of a touchdown. 88% is what Joe Burrow is on six-point teasers. He hasn't lost on a six-point teaser in the last 17 games if you just blindly do it. That's one. And then if you take the 49ers, you could get the 49ers. Now the lines have gone to three. So you could potentially have 49ers minus or plus nine, and you could take the Bengals up to plus seven or eight, seven and a half or eight, wherever you got your number at. I know the lights moving. Does that not sound like a good bet in a weekend where we're making history? I don't know. I'm just here to give you the story. But I'm trying to put money in your pockets. And we have 30 minutes left. This is Money Line on ESPN 97.5.
is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. How long will they mourn me? Will a team be singing that tune today after they're eliminated? Hopefully, it's not our tickets. Hopefully, it's not the bets that we make because we are going to cash on this Sunday, on this beautiful Sunday, no matter where you're at. Hopefully, it's a little bit more beautiful than it is for one Stinson Bennett, one back-to-back national champion, Stinson Bennett, arrested on, what is it, public intoxication in Dallas. Hope you're having a better morning than that. <laughs> I hadn't seen that yet. <laughs> yeah, somebody just uh, just saw it break. Uh, George, Georgia quarterback Stinson Bennett arrested on public intoxication charge in Dallas. That means he threw up on a cop's shoes. At least that's what it was in high school, right? Yeah, and my stats tell me that 9.8 times out of 10 times that Stinson Bennett drinks, he cries because he cries on the football field. You know, you know that guy. <laughs> hey, He's that emotional you. drinker. Yeah, everybody knows that emotional drinker where you're like, man, can you at least wait till the end of the night? We're on the way to the bar. You know, you're in the middle of a concert. All of a sudden, you look over and they're crying. This song reminds me of song. What are we doing here? Can we can we wait till the end of the night? <laughs> oh, we've all been there, man. It, I had a couple. We talked about some of those Bengals stats. I I found some interesting Chief stats quickly, Jerry. This kind of surprised me. Chiefs won seven and one against the spread at home this season. Uh, worst team against the spread in the AFC this year at five, twelve, and one. So maybe we can use this one a little bit. Kansas City is six and one towards the under in their last seven home games. So the theory here is this: how well, we talked about maybe guy betting Mahomes today, gal. We're all gamblers, degenerates. Right, so maybe that person that's thinking, well, it's Mahomes. That's the thought always, and the books know that. So what do the books do? They put a premium on him. So usually, when you're betting Chiefs games, it's outside the three point, three and a half point range. You're paying a little bit more, and the numbers tell you exact that because look, Mahomes' career against the spread when he's favored by over three and a half, so over the field goal, he's thirty and thirty-seven and one. So he's under. He's under what he should be. Right, you're losing. If you're just betting him anytime outside that field goal, but when he's a favorite of three or less, or he's a dog, he's seventeen five and one against the spread. Mm-hmm. So he's, he wins three more. So you see, you always have to put a theory to it, right? So you ask yourself, well, what what could possibly what could this possibly be? It's that being that. Well, it's real simple to wake up in the morning and punch a ticket in on. Mahomes at home, the Chiefs, that offense, especially when they had Tyreek, and even this year they they were they're fantastic. Okay, so why why the numbers tell you this? But then at the same time you say, well, why haven't the books caught up with Joe Burrow? You just told me he's twenty and five over the last twenty five. He's over exceeding expectations with with the premium, and that's what makes him special. Like I don't even know what tier. I don't know what tier to put Burrow, and I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. Let me let me go ahead and lay that out first, right? But whenever we talk about tiers of current, quarter, current quarterbacks, we always had Mahomes like, in his own, okay? Oh, I did, and we've spoken about it on this show. Okay, so then where we had Allen, like, for the last few years, we had Allen pecking at him, but then well, you're thinking, well, man, can he? And some even said, no, nah, I would rather have Allen. But after what we've seen, and, and we can't. We got to go with what we've seen, and we've seen erratic play in big situations. We saw 
erratic play when the Bills played the Texans in the playoffs without him. We saw him throw ball backwards like like it was little giants out there. Now what we've seen, where do you have Allen and Burrow? Do you have them on different levels? Is Burrow maybe a little bit of a head? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's uh, Mahomes and, and Burrow kind of on their own tier, maybe a slight edge to Mahomes just based on a longer resume. Josh Allen's starting to worry me a little bit, man. Like with Brian Dayball leaving, he doesn't, he kind of looks like Josh Allen, like you mentioned in that, that playoff game against the Texans. It, it feels like Daniel Jones took that big step forward, whereas Josh Allen kind of took the step back with that, that one coaching change. So, that's something I'm going to pay careful attention to next year and see if – because Josh Allen, man, he, he turns the ball over in the red zone so much. Like, you can't do that stuff. It was something like – and that was prior to that game, but handicapping the game, it was something like 16 interceptions, 16 fumbles because he yeah. runs the ball a lot. I think the only thing that, that separates him, that pushes him closer to being that special as these other guys – is is the, the his ability to run because that's obviously an X factor. If you have a guy that can run, not only run because we've seen running quarterbacks, but he's built for like he can take the hits. You see Josh Allen take some hits. He doesn't really get down well. There's quarterbacks that can run the ball and they know how to avoid hits. He's not worried about that. My man is built big, and at the same time, you ask yourself, what's up with these boneheaded mistakes in big situations? Uh, what do you give him? You, you say, do you have to give him more digs? Had big seasons for him. Gabe Davis is so hit and miss. Then you always have to wonder about that old guy, the the, the other guy, the third guy. So much that they need to have to bring Cole Beasley, ex rapper. They have to bring him off out of the out of the recording studio from from his multi platinum hits. Hey, can you still play football? And he went out there and he was catching balls, moving the chains. Just think about that. That's who the guy that they went to third? I'm not sure. We're going to have to see. And I think a lot has to do with losing his offensive coordinator now, uh, head coach over at the Giants' day ball. No, I, 100%. And they still haven't figured out a run game. You know, we've been waiting for Singletary. And then they take Cook. And, you know... I must wonder if Allen's going to have kind of like a Cam Newton kind of end to his career where it's just, you know, he just ends up taking so many hits. He's a bigger quarterback that maybe it shortens his career a little bit. And they very well could. So speaking of tiers and speaking of quarterbacks and the extra abilities that get him closer, what tier are we going to put Jalen Hurts in after this season? Oh, man. he's If we're just talking real football and not fantasy, I mean, he's – He's getting right up there. He's in the second tier. I don't think he's on the Burrow level yet, or the, especially the Mahomes level. I'm giving Burrow a little more credit because he was in the Super Bowl last year, and here he has a chance to go back to the Super Bowl if he wins a ball game today. That's pretty good in your first few years in the league. Um, but with Jalen Hurts, what, what if he goes on to win the Super Bowl this year? Do we have to ele- – because there's a good chance he would have won MVP if he didn't get banged up, you know, Maybe you don't put him in the just the top top. Like maybe he needs to show you a little more. But he's in the conversation if he goes back. You know, wins a Super Bowl this year. You got to give him credit for that. Now that you mention it, and I think about it like this: this and all Super Bowls have major implications on the quarterback picture, obviously. But it's not the same when you had like a Brady and Mahomes. You think okay, but think about this: all four teams, the narrative changes so much. If any of these four quarterbacks goes on to win it, one, let's say start with Hurts. If Hurts goes out there and wins it after the, the offense, you know, think back a year and a half ago when the offense had to be critiqued. They had to move around a lot of pieces in the way they ran because uh, and, and ran that offense because they knew this guy isn't a pocket passer, but he's special. We can do something with this. They critique the thing. Sirianna comes along. Magic. 
Okay, one, if he was to win it, then obviously we have to catapult him up those lists. Like, and a list that maybe prior to two years, let's say two years ago, you would never even phantom the thought of putting Jalen Hurts over a Lamar Jackson. But like, we're talking today, right now, you're not going to put Lamar Jackson over Jalen in any conversation. I don't care how good Lamar is running because Jalen can run as well and he can throw the ball a little bit better. You might have him on the same tier, but you can't have Lamar Jackson where you had him two years ago, which was way ahead of Hurts. Then you look at Burrow. If Burrow goes out there winning, we have to think of what, like, let's sit back as fans. If you've been a fan of football your life, you think of back and you say, the bank, the, the Bengals, a team that last year was over 101 odds preseason, and Joe Burrow's taking them in that division, playing against the Steelers, the Ravens, you in that division, Burrow, and then he's going to do it again? I think if he wins that, I mean, where, where do you even put Joe Burrow? Where? I don't even know if you can. I mean, you have to have him at the top. Mahomes. Yeah, he comes up short, but when he's up short, it's against Brady. Does how how important is this one for his legacy? Or is it just a matter of, what, they've been in this game the last five years? It's a matter of, man, this is just who he is, and we're going to get tired of voting him because he is going to be MVP. He's always going to throw up these numbers. Voters didn't get lagged because they did 49 out of the 50 votes for MVP. We're on Mahomes. Big legacy game. And then you look on the other side for Brock Purdy. If Brock Purdy was to go out there and win this Super Bowl, that would do a lot going forward. Not only for the 49ers, and we talked about the Trey Lance situation, but just in football history forever. Knowing that a, a backup quarterback, a mystery relevant, went in there as a, as a rookie, a backup to the back. We're talking third string, a guy that wasn't even in anyone's, uh, let's say, picture. Never in this preseason when you handicapped the 49ers did you think that Brock Purdy was going to be in here trying to compete to go to a Super Bowl. Never. Nobody out there other than his mom and his dad is going to tell you that they believe that that's what's going to happen. Here we are. Imagine if he wins. All four quarterbacks change the game if they win. 100%. That's a great point. And the other thing I'd point out with Burrow, too, is, I mean, dude wins the championship in college. <laughs> it comes out his first year in the pros, and he gets hurt, so he doesn't finish the season. Then he goes to the Super Bowl in 2021, and then he has a chance today to go back to the Super Bowl again in 2022. Like, this guy doesn't know what it's like to not be playing in championship games for, like, the last three or four years. It's pretty crazy. You gave me a goosebumps, man, saying that, like, think about that, man. The, the kid's on a roll. He's been rolling. I, I just, when you started saying that, I pictured the LSU with the with him in the locker room with the cigar, the whole thing. Yep. Like, that's what I just pictured when you said that. He's on cloud nine. And not only that, but then... Instead of the Bengals going to get Panay Sewell, which is working out for the Lions, Panay Sewell is a monster. They say, you know what? We're going to play fantasy football with this franchise, and we're going to go get Jamar Chase. We're going to go get your boy, and let's see how it works. Next thing you know, it's magic, and here we are, trying to go the Bengals to another Super Bowl. Think about that. The Bungles are trying to go to another Super Bowl, but they had to go to that guy. Patrick Mahomes, one leg, no leg, don't matter. You got to beat him, and it's going to be an arrowhead. We're going to see that tonight. Don't go anywhere. It's Monday Line on ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. 
like Ludacris says, it's time to roll out pretty soon. We have one segment left, and it starts with you, the Moneyliners. Lamont, if you're a quarterback, would you really want to work under Kyle Shanahan? Here's my logic. Shanahan now has the rep for being a quarterback professor. Everyone will always be with the Kyle could do it with anyone. They might not be ready to release big money to the quarterbacks and the Kyle. And I see I see the thought. I see it some, but at the same time, man, quarterback is such a coveted play. Like, you just pray that you could find a quarterback in life, That's especially when you're an offensive guy like Shanahan. He's prayed his entire life that he can find one quarterback that he can trust, right, fully trust, and that they have all the abilities to be able to run his complex type of scheme. Now, not all the quarterbacks had the athletic ability, so he would still make pro bowlers out of matched up types, right? Those guys were still able to use their best of their abilities with that enhanced scheme to make it work. And that's where Trey Lance came. He sat at his house and he watched Trey Lance little bit of tape and he said, man, I can change football forever if I can get this kid and I can make him mold into being the guy that I think he could be. Under this offense, he doesn't have to be much. What does Brock Purdy have to be? A guy that throws it under 30 times? A guy that can we saw him do this with Jimmy Garoppolo. Alex Smith. Yeah. Alex Smith. Like, this is who he is. So to Lamont's point, yeah, you have a point with as far as, man, yeah, he's, he can make something out of nothing. But at the same time, to be that extra special, because it's all about titles. Like, it's all, it's all about winning. You think Lynch and them don't want to win in that front? It's about winning. So it's cool to get there. It's cool to get the date with the girl, but are you going to marry? Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to get, are you going to ultimately win the thing, uh, the whole thing? And that's what it what lies with Shanahan. Is, is this his moment? Is this the moment of the, is this the era of the 49ers? Can we say, is this like, like, are they one of those teams that are dominant enough to get there consecutively, even with Brock Purdy going forward? I don't know. A lot of things plays into their favor and it starts with the defense. Most of these teams that win these titles, they're on the backs of their defense. That's an interesting point, and and I wonder with Shanahan, like he keeps getting close, but he he hasn't been able to finish the deal. But I still he gets a pass this year, right? Because he's, he's got he's got Purdy at quarterback. I think Shanahan's going to get a pass if he doesn't get it done this year. And it's funny we talk about quarterback whisperers and, and who gets the credit and who doesn't. Like we never say that about Patrick Mahomes. You know, we know Andy Reid is a you know a great quarterback whisperer. You know, maybe one of the best offensive coordinator play callers. I know he has Eric Bieniemy, but it's it's Andy Reid's offense. You know we don't we don't take that away from Patrick Mahomes and assume that's all Andy Reid. But clearly, we know Andy Reid has a big part in the success that Patrick's had. Yeah, and so then you ask yourself, what's Burrow's deal? Like, what makes them so special? Is it the amount of weapons he has? We saw that last year. The entire talk in the uh, going into this offseason was the offensive line troubles. They try to put money into it. Where are we at now? offensive line trouble still so you ask yourself where what makes him so special is it just the amount of weapons the trust like who is this kid a kid that like you said in prior segment he's he's done nothing but win like that's all we know of burrow is win even though i mean even though he lost the super bowl he's done nothing but win you see him you didn't even expect the Bengals. think about that if you're an old school fan and thinking, man, I'm back from the Inky Woods times. Like, I never expected the Bungles to be like this. And, and just in a matter of time, look at that. He has five playoff wins already. In the entire franchise history, they were 5-19 and 19 in the playoffs. It's really remarkable what he has done, man. I, 
that's that that gives me hope. Maybe the Texans can turn this thing around. Because remember, before Jer- Joe Burrow, the, the Bengals stunk most of the time. Almost every year they were bad, except for remember when they had Carson Palmer and Ocho Cinco, and you know they had some pretty good teams then. But but now. You know, if, if the Texans can get that young quarterback like the Bengals got Joe Burrow, and then you maybe with the 12th overall pick, you draft a receiver that maybe is in the ballpark of Jamar Chase, you know, maybe you can start to see things turn around. Let me ask you this. if Say the 49ers get run off the field today by the Eagles. The Eagles just thump them, and the 49ers' defense doesn't look good. Are you going to think of D'Amico Ryans any differently? That's a great point right there as well, because you ask yourself, does that take away any credit of them? I've, we've seen them get, we've seen, what was it Stidham that, that diced them up? We've seen that defense get thrown on. So they're not just world beaters. It's just more about matchups. Like they, they matched up well with what the Cowboys were trying to do, and, and they could get Dak off his spot. And that's why I tell people today, yeah, you can bring both on them. Yeah, but on the, on the other side, the Eagles' offensive line are monsters as well. I saw some stat, at, and, and I'll pull it up. Hopefully, I can get out of it, but I'm going to give it to straight freestyle off the head. But out of, I think it's under 25, under 30, let's call it, offensive linemen that have had a, that have done uh, played 550 snaps, four of the five of theirs are in the top 11 as far as sex giving up. Like, they don't give up sex. Lane Johnson, when the, when he's in, they're a completely different offense. And it's it's kind of, I guess, dumb, you would think, to think to say, well, an offensive lineman makes that big of a difference. Well, no, he does. This guy makes a difference for that team for whatever reason. They they, they thrive off having him in there. The trust, that offensive line is not going to be beat that easy by the pressure, one. And two, whenever you have a running quarterback like Hurts, if you, like, say, Bosa, you saw him getting off the line, he was going real wide last week, right? He was trying to take the real wide. And if you go real wide, when you have a quarterback that can keep you honest and he breaks that pocket, if he goes inside, he's gone. Now, if you go inside, what he can do? He can go, again, whenever you play a quarterback like that, he keeps you a little bit honest. Now to where you can just pin your ears back and just roll on him. And that's where the handicap came into a lot of people because they said, yeah, Hurts will be able to make it happen. Others say there's no better tackling linebacker core than the uh, 49ers from end to end, from sideline to sideline. They can make the tackles in the open field, making it to where Jalen is going to have to throw. And then that's where people's handicap starts. No, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And then you look on the other side, Trent Williams is maybe the best offensive lineman in all of football on the 49ers. So, you know, they got some dudes up front too. I'm just excited. Do you feel like we got the four best teams here left in the, in the playoffs? Does it feel like that to you? Yeah, definitely does, man. You wanted to get the fools going. It was a, it was a weird playoffs to start because there was two teams that you knew shouldn't have been in there. One being the Vikings and then the other being the Giants that you knew. Well, I mean, the Giants have played well. They've earned their way in, but they're not really like a playoff team, not a winning playoff team at the least. Well, they got the Vikings first. Well, there's their first win, but that's pretty much the end of it. We knew that that was the end of it. So when you get here, you say, well, what could have been the better if it was the Cowboys? No, I still don't believe it should be the Cowboys because Dak still hasn't taken that step forward. And Cowboy fan listening out there, he just stood up and said, damn it, I agree with you. Dak still hasn't taken that step forward. And until he does, if he ever does, we're not going to be able to see them take a step forward because ultimately it lands on those turnovers. And the two turnovers that he had in that game were critical. And they couldn't move the ball when they needed to. And the defense kept making stops on Purdy. And they made Purdy look uncomfortable. And still, Dak couldn't produce what he needed to produce. And that's 
the money that he like the money that he gets paid. He had to win that game. He did, and he could have had a few more interceptions, you know, <laughs> than he actually had. Uh, I guess that's true for any quarterback in any game. But it's so funny because I don't know if you've noticed, you know, Skip and Shannon they do their show and they've just been killing Aaron Rodgers all year since all the ayahuasca stuff and the COVID vaccine stuff. Now Skip's proposing that they trade Dak for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that. Look at look, look how quickly things change. You know, it's just well, I hate. Aaron Rodgers until until he puts on your jersey. Then all of a sudden you're like, I'll drink ayahuasca as well. I it just that's where we are, and, and, and unfortunately that's what makes us fans and and lunatics and fanatics as, as they say. It's it's just part of the it's part of the hustle and it's part of what we put in every single day. And the sound of the alarms. It's time to get out of here. It's time to put your name on something. Josh Jordan, put your name on something, my man. All right, for me today, I'm, I'm going to go off the beaten track a little bit, but I'm going to go right here with this Bengals game, and I am going to go with Boyd to hit the over on receiving yards because right here, he hasn't scored a touchdown six, since week 15, but when he played the Chiefs, he had 50 yards on five targets. That was in week 13. So I'm going to take him on the over because I believe the number is only like 33 and a half or 34 and a half on my bookie. So yeah, I'm going to take the over on receiving yards for Tyler Boyd. I know my man Brian in studio knows his football. So I got to throw it to Brian. Brian, the money liners need you. Give them something that you are passionate about in these games. I, I, I like the Eagles to cover easily. I think the other shoe drops here with Brock Purdy on the road. Uh, much better defense than he's seen so far. I think he has multiple turnovers. The Eagles win this easily, easily cover the minus three. I'm going to piggyback on my man right now. And I'm going to say I'm going to take those Eagles as well. I think that Purdy comes back to earth, and I think that he has to play from behind today. And if that's the case, you're going to see the Cinderella shoe guard. The slipper comes off today. He might look like your grandma after the game is over. It's time to end the show. Eagles, I think, win that game. And my man Josh Jordan put his name on things for you as well. It's time to get out of here. We love you more than ever because the season's coming to an end. So enjoy those beers. Enjoy the barbecue. And enjoy it with some family. We're out of here signing off like we always do. Josh Jordan. It's Cherry Bow. Peace.